Hey folks, welcome to Peak Curiosity. My name is Abigail Carlson. One of my favorite topics to talk about is communism or authoritarianism in general, so this was a really fun episode for me. Imri Voros was born in Hungary when they were under Soviet control. He's now a truck driver in America. By the way, if you've never looked at the USSR's control at their height of the empire, it's amazing. I'm going to post a link to a photo of the map of Soviet control. This episode is about his upbringing, what communism is like, and the evolution of America over the past 40 years or so. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again in a couple of weeks. So, would you tell me your name and your age, and then where you were born, and just a quick overview of your life up until now? Yes, uh, my name is Imre Voros, and uh, born in Hungary in 1958, and came to this country in 1983. And um, I moved to California uh, from Hungary. I basically spent 24 years in Hungary, and uh, during a communist rule, and. Um, that's where I finished my schooling, and uh, when I came here, basically, it just started all over everything because whatever I had and known, um, I had to go back to school and start over. So, oh, no. re-educated myself again and and um, started a new life. So, how old are you actually now? Sixty-three. Will be 63. in November. Yes. What did you mean when you had to relearn everything when you got here? Well, none of the schooling diplomas is accepted in this country. Um, so basically, if I want to have a high school diploma, I see. I had to go back and get my GED. So they, re- they recognized it. Okay, that's a high school diploma now. And when I went to a degree, I had to have all the credits. And, and I stopped basically uh, doing... Uh, I didn't study after that. I just started working. I understand. I understand. So, would you tell me a little bit about what your family was like? Um, how many siblings you had? Yeah, I <clears throat> coming from a very small family. I have only one brother, uh, but my dad and my mom had uh, nine brothers and nine sisters, both sides. So, wow. huge family, and uh, they were they've been basically Baptist. The original um, start of the Baptist church in that southern Hungarian area, basically, they were the founding fathers of that church, the Anabaptist kind of a church. And, uh, and my grandfa- grandpa was both side, basically, preachers in the church. And my dad, who was the oldest uh, son, he became a music leader, and he was a musician, basically. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, was your family poor or rich? <laughs> well, when you poor, and you have enough, you really don't see that mm-hmm. because you have enough. And yeah, we knew there is rich people out there, and but as far as um, very simple life, I mean, super basic. Um, if I would tell you, we had regular two-bedroom house, no bathroom. We had outhouse, no running water, uh, no tile floor. We had dirt floor, uh, no electricity. Uh, we had one radio, which was from the post office they announced things through a radio which had no uh, searching button just volume Mm -hmm. and uh, they give one radio for a whole street so basically if you want to know the news uh, everybody came together to the house where the radio was and listened to the announcements so that was the only news source no newspapers nothing um, I was so fortunate even to see something which I never saw since. When I was growing up, basically how the news was uh, distributed throughout the village. Uh, they had a little a guy with a drum pedaled out to the street 
stopped, got his drum out and started playing the drum. Everybody came out from the houses and he announced whatever he had to announce. Either we have a fresh meat in a market or whatever was that. But that's how they uh, communicated with the village. Somebody had that job to the little drummer. What was the name of your village? Davud. Oh dear, can you spell that? D-A-V-O-D. And how many people live there, do you think? Um, 6,000. 6,000? Now, now it's down maybe 3,500, 3,000 maybe. Yeah. yeah. And did everyone pretty much have the same living conditions as you? Not, no. Well, they had, let's say, veterinarians, doctors, uh, party members of the Communist Party, uh, some some guys who've been in a higher position, they they got more stuff, and you know they basically had a f- telephone. We had about mm. three in a whole village. Uh, we had one car. I mean, one car in the whole village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What was the food situation? Did you have a market? Were you guys farmers? We grew everything actually. Um, if we went to the store, we only bought kerosene, sugar, and uh, bread and milk. Milk is usually, we try to get it from the neighbors, uh, like a bartering kind of a deal. Or, yeah. Yeah. What was your average meal? Oh, very basic. So I just preparing my wife for that. We're going to have it here. <laughs> like... Um, beans and rice rice is actually a luxury it was a luxury we had more potatoes we, we grew up on potatoes and beans and um, my mom was a professional cook so she always put together something but basic meal is potato uh, bacon or something in it most likely just for flavor but spices potato and a little piece of meat mm-hmm. and that's what we usually eat all week. Yeah. Did you get your bacon from the market or? No, no, no. We, you... we, we, every year, every, usually every household killed a pig. That's how they processed it. Every part of it, the lard and everything. So throughout the year, you didn't have olive oil. You had a big basin of um, lard and you used it for cooking or, or whatever you need it for. Mm. Yeah. And were those provided to you by the state? No, no, no. It, it was everybody. You grew or oh, yeah. you ranched your own? Yeah, pigs? kind yeah. of super small ranches, yes. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, but were you guys like well-fed? Were you hungry a lot of oh, the time? No. You were? We, were, we were fine. Everybody, yeah. actually under communism, I have to say they provided enough food for everybody. Have no, no hungry person in Hungary. So, um, I believe, um, I try to think of all my friends and schoolmates, actually they have poor, less fortunate uh, guys, even those guys had enough. So, mm. for, for food, I think everybody was happy with food. Yeah. And even if there were bigger families, they were all fine. Yeah. yeah. Food was always yeah. there. That's good. That's good. So, without electricity, did you guys have candles for stuff at night? Kerosene lamp. Kerosene lamps, yeah. And no TVs, I'm assuming. No TV. Just, just the radio and the couple in the town. No, radios came about 1965, 6. And just one channel, or did you get radio, music? Radio was an uh, open uh, box, basically. You could... Ca- uh, catch signal from short wave signals from the free Europe and all those things so you could have information uh, which is more eye-opening back then than now so we had radio I think it was about 1965 or 66 yeah before that nothing hmm. so do you remember hearing things from the outside world and being shocked and surprised? Did you believe the things? Uh, under communism, you're not allowed to basically talk about anything 
beside what they tell you you can all history books being rewritten written everything was redone and the truth was far from it so i grew up um, in school learning lies especially history and uh, i didn't know hungary was three times bigger just 38 years before i was born nobody would able to tell me that because they offered to go to jail so as far as um, uh, speaking out about uh, something controversial or political nobody did that and did you have one dictator or was it just the communist party as a whole <laughs> it, it was a it was a communist party but so much fluctuation between 1920 and uh, 1956 basically uh, we had up and down we had Soviet involvement then they left us alone then came back again but 1956 when the Russians actually moved in and took over Hungary and they permanently invited themselves to control everything so well do you remember some of the other lies other than the original size of Hungary well, everything was uh, just everything everything was uh, uh, built up from a scratch uh, every stories every song what you learn in school is uh, directed towards the great um, communist ideology and the Soviet Union and we have to learn Russian and I mean it was a very intense uh, 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 brainwashed uh, method they used for young kids going to school and that's all you that's all you knew yeah you had no other uh, source of information is no internet no nothing you can google no you can do nothing right did they tell you that you were a very rich country compared to other places they didn't talk about they if they talked about other countries like united states uh, i remember when we had our first TV, I think it was in 1972 or 1970. That's when we got the first TV. And um, they showed the first American movie. I saw The Roots. The and, Roots? Yeah. And um, basically they tried to pick uh, pictures, which is uh, how capitalism make suffering people and have nothing and they worse than we are and that's the idea so well of course you smarten up and you see it cannot be you know yeah they're, they're going to the moon and now something is fishy so yeah did you guys have any like buddy systems where you're supposed to keep a watch on this friend and if he said something wrong you were supposed to tell somebody I know in North Korea they they go in in groups of three, so nobody you can't ever have two people that can make an allyship of like we're gonna grumble together because there's mm. always somebody else watching your back. Do they have anything like that there? I uh, know um, we had a reasonable freedom. If you if you kept your mouth basically shut and and kept uh, order what was given to everybody if you worked and lived just um, not rebelliously um, then you were okay i mean i have a, i had a friend who at 18 she, he was uh, he got drunk and um, took down the russian flag ripped it off and took uh -huh. it home and uh, they arrested him two years jail two years for taking off the Russian flag so if you do that something something like that uh, or guys working out in a field and um, this guy would say you know we're working all summer here and we cannot even see our vacation uh, lake which Balaton and all the Germans coming here the capitalists supposed to be not as good as the communists they can spend two months there and they have no problem to uh, supporting themselves. We don't. We cannot afford to even visit that lake. He got a year and a half 
of jail. Jail because of that one sentence. So if there is no freedom, but if you keep to keep it to yourself and you're not speaking up, uh, then yeah, you manage. And were you allowed to have religion? Yeah, uh, officially they let Catholics, of course, ninety percent Hungary is Catholics. Okay. And uh, the other ten percent were, um, of course, Baptists and Pentecostals and. Mother. But all pretty much Christian. Yeah, umbrella. Christian. Yeah. Um, we had a giant influence of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, back from 1500s, you know, yeah. they tried to take over not only Hungary, the whole Europe. And uh, uh, as the Muslim tradition, each time they've been over a town, they put a little tower up there, you know, pray, pray, praying uh, tower or how you call that tall. Uh, it's minaret, I think, that's the name of it. And um, we had a few in Hungary. So, but Muslims, we didn't have. When they moved out, when the Ottoman Empire being defeated, um, basically that religion has disappeared. Gotcha. So moving up into like teenage years, um, were you, did you start to get frustrated with how you couldn't say things? Did you, were you grumbly? I'm just curious about your teenage year experiences. Well, I think I was fortunate being in a Christian family yeah and when you have a different outlook on the world uh, you have uh, totally different expectations so of course uh, good examples the parents usually usually they keep everything in line and you learn from them so whatever they voiced and uh, said that was good enough and uh, if I asked something which I cannot know uh, they would say, no, nope, we're not talking about that. So that shut down that conversation. So as I was reading books and I see town names, which I couldn't find, I said, oh, where, where is that town? They said, we're not talking about that. So I had to research it. It was already in you know, old Hungary and it's now mm. Romania. So mm. that's why I don't find it. I see. Gosh, I had a question and then I forgot it. Oh, what year were your parents born in? Oh, my dad is 1932, uh, and uh, my mom in 1936. Okay. So they were pretty young when they had you, yeah? Well, yeah. 20s. Well, my, my mom was, I believe, 16 when she got married, and my dad was about 19. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So when they were born, was the, the country in a lot more upheaval, or had it even calmed down for them? They went through a rough, really rough time. Uh, like every five years, it's changed the political climate. And uh, of course, you had the 1927 uh, great um, problem here in this country economically. So it went through around the world. We had it back in Hungary. So no food, no nothing. I mean, they were poor. Uh, and uh, hard work, that's what they did. Everybody worked. And they had enough to eat. Yeah, good. When did you guys decide to come to America? Well, I decided when my uncle actually moved out in 1956. And when I was born in 58, I, of course, knew my dad brother is out here. And I started reading up on uh, about the United States. Started watching movies from here. Of course, um, the Cowboys and Indians movie, it's, it, was <laughs> it was widely available in Hungary. So. And uh, I just liked the uh, whole idea what I heard. And I think at age seven, I said first, I'm going to the United States. So they, they couldn't believe it. They're like, no, 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 you, what are you talking about? I said, oh, you will see. And so I decided back then, uh, coming out, and it took me, you know, the... 12 years to come to that to yeah. make it out here yeah so like the just the movie the cowboys and indians like that was the draw oh no no that's that's a lot more to it i mean all the stories i heard uh, when my uncle came home to visit mm. so he got a wide 
a view of different subject of uh, not only the lifestyle the cars the freedom the whatever it's unheard of like own, owning a gun that in hungary and you know it's there's no way not, as a matter of fact the whole world right now maybe in switzerland and here these are two countries uh, you can legally buy a gun so in in hungary was uh, very controlled freedom what you say what you have if you made too much they took it away from you uh, like rubik uh, the, the cube rubik cube he designed that in hungary he was a hungarian and uh, under communism and uh, they offered him i believe uh, a million dollar to buy the patent to to get that game and uh, they they want to take all the money away from him the communist party and they said if they do that they don't buy it and they don't want to do a deal with him so they kept let him keep about ten thousand dollars wow so there, there is lots of politics behind if you making more what they think you're allowed uh they will take it away they yeah. will find a way to uh, to it's it's like uh, my friend said uh, communism is like a lawn um, if the grass start to grow and spike out here and there immediately the lawnmower shows up and make it level everybody has to be in level and that's unfortunate yeah <laughs> indeed that's terrible it was a million dollar patent and he got ten thousand dollars of it and he was happy <laughs> and he was happy <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, ten grand, I'm sure, was it a was a lot. lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You can buy about twenty houses, sure. Wow, wow. So, what was the process to get into America? Like, did you have to escape, or were you allowed to immigrate? Well, escaping from Hungary, like a legal visa, I went to Germany, uh, Austria first, then Switzerland. Germany and I moved to France and in France I contacted my uh, uncle and he basically sponsored me but to come to this country it's um, it's a process I mean now it's different but back then it took me a year to uh, went through dif dif uh, different uh, physical examinations blood works background check I mean, on and on and on. Yeah. And um, it took a year before they said, okay, we take you. And I had to pay for my own airfare. There's no freebie. How long, how much was it? $273. Was that a lot of money? Uh, when you have nothing, yeah. <laughs> when you have nothing? <laughs> I'm just trying to refresh my geography here. So you went from, I'm looking Austria, at a map. Vienna. So I came out uh, in Hungary. And Vienna is right, now right next yeah. door. Mm -hmm. And from there, I went up to Germany. Okay. And from Germany, I went to Switzerland. Okay. And from Switzerland, uh, I met a pastor um, there who I knew in Hungary. And he gave me a direction to go to France because the Swiss uh, government is not really kind to immigrants. So. Okay. So were you in France for a year before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how did you live in France? Oh, I had, uh, you know, uh, when you, uh, it has always a, a side to what could be and what I had. Basically, I, w I was going through a, a, a born again uh, status changed in being a Christian who basically something is happening. And it's a slow process and um, interesting stories i mean how god is really watching out uh, uh, i met a guy unbelievable uh, he never sponsored anyone i didn't know even he speak hungarian he was about 75 years old albert berger i remember and uh, he said um, he started talking to me Hungarian. I said, wow, uh, I didn't know you speak Hungarian and you live in France. Uh, he said, I didn't speak since age seven, 
Well, I was born in Hungary, and uh, he he remembered the language perfectly. Wow! So I moved down to his house, and um, his wife was shocked. He she didn't know he speak Hungarian, and uh, basically uh, he helped me with finding a job. Uh, he had good connections. I went down to Cannes, the film festival, that town, and I uh, got a really good uh, job down there, basically working in a villa. It's like a super rich um, guy who had a vacation house down there. So I was watching that and uh, going to church and, and coming back there and in, in my two, three months uh, when I called the Transworld Radio and my friend and uh, they arranged a baptism for me. Yeah, so it happened somewhere in November. Yeah. And that, that was uh, interesting. If I recall that, that's, it's, uh, being born again is, uh, uh, you cannot explain to somebody if somebody doesn't go through that. Sure. It's uh, an experience which is beyond words yeah was it a really serious like sudden conversion or was it over a month or was it at like the baptism i think i think it's alone alone. baptism was just a formal uh, thing it was before uh maybe let's say maybe a week uh that's how i recall because i am not sure anymore if i try to point a date to it i i don't know don't remember what uh what changed oh outlook and everything yeah. uh the energy the, i felt like i was flying i couldn't see myself in the mirror because i was glowing from happiness and i had nothing and i was alone i mean this uh, it's hard to explain and of course uh, <laughs> i had a uh, testimony from the church and and uh, they had about 30 40 people on my baptism which was just for me and uh, I remember everybody coming in and happy and shaking my hands and and congratulate and all those things and one guy coming sobbing and crying I said what happened oh you will see what you have to go through as a Christian it's very difficult you will see lots of lots of dark stuff but don't give up and you know it was kind of a bummer to see that <laughs> you don't want to hear that but and I, I he was right you know as you're going through many years being a christian and lots of challenges and battles and yes he was right was your new outlook based on more hope for the future was it having the weight of guilt gone more meaning in life the gilgalan definitely and uh, as as you spend your days reading and reading and you can't put down your bible and you just uh, uh hard to explain is like a, almost not able to work because i want to read my bible it's like okay i want to read two hours you gotta work an hour and come back and i need to read more so uh, lots of uh, good thoughts and energy and and, uh, and plans and and as probably normally everybody has that when they born again. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Um, so, your flight into America, you said it was two hundred and sixty-three dollars. Two hundred seventy-three. Two hundred seventy-three dollars. I had to pay it back. <laughs> You know, I actually, I meant to ask a little bit more. When Did you escape from Hungary or were you like allowed to immigrate out? I escaped, escaped. Uh, basically, when I, uh, I was in the military there for just a year. And uh, when I knew, oh, by the way, before I uh, say that, um, I was married for uh, three and a half years. And uh, I have a daughter who lives in Long Island, and my wife divorced me just because, uh, no explanation. And uh, when I was in the military, she had an abortion. So 
I find out later from my parents. I didn't know. Mm. There is no phone, no communication. Just when you go home, that's when you find out stuff. And um, that's kind of a... Was the baby yours? Yeah. It was yours. Yeah. yeah my, my parents offered her to raise the kid, do everything, but they just don't abort a baby. And it doesn't matter how much I backed her. And I didn't know this. I just, actually, the details, I just find out before my mom died. Oh, wow. They didn't even tell me. So uh, she filed divorce. And and I saw everything is collapsed, basically, what I worked for. And I believed I uh, have a family. And, uh, you know, a 19-year-old kid is pretty young being pulled together. So... So I just, I said, this is it. I leave everything. I want to leave everything. And that's when I got my passport and legally emigrated. Mm -hmm. Not emigrated, left, escaped. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't quite like running out in the middle of the night kind of escape. I see. Um, So before you came to America, what was your vision for what your life could be? Oh, I thought it's going to be easier than it was. I mean, I had to work first day on. No welfare, no food stamp. Yeah. And um, I just worked. I worked for my uncle for the first two months. Built his house, which is still there. And he lives in it. Actually, he passed away. Um, His uh, wife is still there. And uh, then I went to work for California rental car. In Santa Clara for four dollars and twenty cents an hour and uh, I was there for two three months then I had friends down in Santa Monica then they offered me a job and I lived with them as a late machine operator for a year then I went to school uh, being a nurse and uh, actually an LPN and I did that for like three four years that was really good money uh, there was a Albion nurses registry so it was a independent contractor uh, agency basically they sent you to different houses and uh, mostly in Beverly Hills and Santa Monica and West Hollywood and all those areas and um, very decent money Okay, so I assume you went to California because that's where your uncle was. Yes, yeah. and that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when did you get remarried? 23 years ago. And you would have been how old? Mm, 40. 40. So that was a pretty good gap of just working and getting yourself together. And getting into trouble, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how did the uh, Christian faith thing go when you moved here and things were so different? And well, I have to say, as looking back, the main main thing, as somebody born again, in has to that person has to stay in church, and has to be discipled, because uh, when you buy by yourself and try to figure it out, and the Holy Spirit helps you to understand things, but you're still alone, and uh, you're kind of weak. And you need a, a body of believers who kind of coach you around. I didn't have that. Unfortunately, I've been in different churches throughout those years. And um, I went to Hungarian church, which was uh, a mixture of uh, different beliefs. And and I uh, went to the American church, and then I moved away. And so it was a lot of ups and downs as being a Christian. I worked too many hours anyway. Church was uh, when I when I made it there. Yeah. 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 So, did you feel poorer, richer, same as you had in Hungary? Oh, I was a lot richer. I was. I made. I made good money as a a private duty nurse. Um, back in eighty four, actually eighty five. 85, I, I made about $60,000. Wow. Even, even now, yeah. it's a good money. Back then, it was really good money. 
but I worked for it day and night, so I had long, long days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you? What have you done for a living since then? Have you still been? I I did uh, nursing. Then I did. Uh, I had my own business in Panama City, like a jet ski rental, and I did mas- massage therapy for ten years. And uh, not nothing really profited as, as I was expecting. So I went to truck driving and mm. I always liked driving trucks. So in 1998, I met a truck driver and that's when I got married. Okay. So my wife saw me as a truck driver. I like it. Where did you meet? Internet. Little. Oh, yeah. Very modern. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What did you think of all the technology here? Oh, I like it. I'm still using it. The technology is good. (laughs) You haven't gone back to no electricity yet. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm thinking about We might get there, but um, I know how to live if you don't have one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be trained for everything. And that's when, if you get used to something like electricity, people don't know how... Um, uh, interacting in everything. I mean, you need electricity for everything. Yeah. And then when you don't have it, that's when you start to see, oh, wow, I can't do this, I can't do that, I don't have it. so. Yeah. I uh, I should have asked earlier, and then I have forgotten it again. Oh, I was, when you were describing how you had the dirt floors and mm-hmm. the outhouses and no water, running water, mm-hmm. did you have a well like in the town or did you have a little well at your house to get water? Uh, we had our own well. Everybody had a little Their well in the backyard. And that was the only source of water, basically. And uh, we watered the garden. Uh, we give water to the animals and uh, we use it for cooking. And everything come everything Bathing. come out from that little well. Yes. Yeah, I feel like it would be easier to live now without electricity than it would be without running water. But maybe I'm wrong. But those are kind of connected now. So I don't know. Uh, I think what I liked uh, electricity. Yeah, I. I didn't have much use for it in the beginning. I don't remember. I just, uh, uh, they said my first word when I started to speak, we had one light bulb. And uh, they, I said, Villa. Uh, that was not mom and dad and not, not all, but I, I was just staring at the light bulb. And uh, we had one in the whole house, just one wire with the bulb. <laughs> so. And what word was it again? Uh, it's, uh, it's basically villain, a light. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That's cute. So, um, how did you end up here in Idaho? Well, I like potato. I say <laughs> that. I really uh, like the fact this is a very patriotic state. Yes. And that's uh, very important. Yeah. I came to the uh, United States, was, who was like the whole country like this. Under Reagan, uh, it was a very proud, patriotic, made in the USA, good cars, uh, made everything here. It was such an energizing feeling to be a part of it and um, see what's going on now. It's very disappointing. It's uh, almost unbelievable. Sure. Yeah, so what's going on now? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) That's the problem. We go away on the whole country to different ideology. I believe it's um, it's been uh, almost premeditated by certain powerful players who basically just um, bringing in the great revolution, what the Bible talks about eventually. Mm. So <clears throat> those uh, prophecies will be fulfilled. Everybody knows that, but we never really... Uh, imagined how it's gonna come by i see the sign of it really uh they pushing it forward especially with the vaccine which is almost i feel like i'm in a communist country then i cannot say that word anymore (laughs) i take it so seriously yeah 
But yeah, that's that's unfortunate what's going on. And um, I just read about Canada before I came here, and they're going for the whole nine yard of the vaccination passport, vaccinating kids, everybody controlled, everybody will forced to vaccine. I mean, th- this this is a disaster. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we have enough patriots left who stand up and push back on this movement a little bit. I don't think so they can change it, but they can slow it down. It's like abortion. They talked about it, talked about it, and they always um, met a challenge, and finally they they went with it. So I think they will delay it, but uh, it's, it will come through. Whatever they're planning to do um, with the vaccine and the whole control, and it, it one day will show up. Yeah, you don't. Do you think there's a chance of America splitting up, and there being a free version and a not free version? I would believe it if it's not worldwide movement. I mean, the whole world is being attacked with the vaccine. It's not only here, in Romania, the whole country is up in arm against resisting vaccination. Um, most of the countries, I believe, being tricked uh, to get the vaccine, like talk to many guys in Hungary, and um, they said, no, we want to have a, a vaccine so we don't have a problem with the diseases, but now they start to find out it was a lie. There's a lots of side effect. In uh, February this year, uh, my mom, died from the COVID vaccine. Uh, a second shot when she uh, got it, in five days she passed. Wow. So the vaccine is is with the healthy individual, with a good immune system. You might, um, scientists uh, saying that, you could have four to six years, uh, okay years, but you have major health challenges, even if you're young. So... Um, Where are you hearing that? Oh, there is lots of sources. <laughs> yeah. Well, I d- haven't heard it. I would like to go look at it myself. Oh, you have to talk to my wife. She's really into it. She's I, I the just, one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just uh, hear, well, there is a lots of uh, um, part in that vaccine, which is, shouldn't be in it. And there are lots of doctors speaking up about it and and basically they talk about it, building a computer in your body you're going to be a moving computer eventually with all the boosters shots and i just read it today and there is a part of one of the vaccine they designing and will be in a booster shot called the lucifer really oh man and uh, that's just the word itself yeah. shocking and it's connecting to the 666 that's the code 060606 in that vaccine so it will be coming in our next one of the booster shot yeah so so do you think the the vaccine is the mark of the beast eventually will be Hmm. do you do you think that people are they made it dangerous on purpose or they were trying to do something good with a new technology that has turned out to be not as good as everyone hoped I think everything was made up. I think the pandemic and the whole thing, for one reason, is the a great reset that we control the world. Is is the of course the, the COVID is a real deal, but it's fabricated in a laboratory. They let it loose, and of course it's uh, attacking everyone who um, get in touch with that uh, virus. And um, some people die, some people don't. But the news media definitely working on the side of spreading fake news, as we heard it from Trump. And uh, I believe it's it's a really serious uh, thing against humanity what's going on. And people will not uh, see it. Many people still going with the game, but they playing. I think we should wake up and, and just say no for vaccine yeah yeah i agree just for the freedom perspective that you shouldn't just let people tell you what to do exactly yeah 
do you feel reminded of the this is a very leading question you aren't supposed to ask <laughs> questions like this but do you feel the control of how you talk about covid being reminiscent of the communist propaganda and lies uh, i think it's worst oh <laughs> i think it's worst oh, i think no. uh, they they really going for the extra mile for getting all kinds of resources like uh, taking over the media any communications any media no there's nothing free anymore everything being bought up paid paid off i believe hospitals professionals being paid off uh, by banks or whoever doing this behind and um i think it's a it's a giant movement and they they those guys who have that much money they will not gamble it away and lose it no they, they want to make it sure they win on the end so that's what i'm saying this this will not end well um this is a fun talk um oy, oy, oy. do you think that the main core of the people in charge are like the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset people? Or do you think it is the vaccine people who are trying to either kill a bunch of people or sterilize a bunch of people? I mean, it could be both. But who do you think is the main driving force? Well, I believe uh, there was always a movement and planned to basically eliminate a bunch of people who, who is doing that um, of course there is lots of resources and I heard uh, what you can find is uh, Rothschilds or a banking system or a Bilderbergs or whoever is behind all like one interview I was listening to George Soros uh, and uh, when they said, you know, you almost uh, economically wiped out Indonesia, they said, oh yeah, that was that was a fun game. Oh, what do you mean fun game? Well, in my perspective, I put my money into have that fun game for me, but people lost everything and people died. Yeah, well, that's a part of it. So I think these guys have zero morals. They don't care. They just do whatever. It's really evil. Yeah. Does the phrase to the pure all things are pure make sense here? Yeah. Yeah. And even if your if your goal is worldwide communism, is there anything that should get in the way of that if it's for the goal? Uh, it won't happen. Worldwide communism, I don't think so. It's on a table anymore. I don't know what we're gonna. We call it a new world order. It's a totally new recipe. There's, there's no communism here. There's no socialism. It's it's slavery and elimination um, of a bunch of people. I believe in the next six years, oh, the dear. side effect of this COVID vaccine will take well, a no. real effect. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, then I guess we'll know time will tell i suppose but again um there's so much information out there to siphon it out what is right what is wrong almost is like not even important anymore because um, as, as a christian you should focus on something else you got enough from the news uh, you you have a f that side is full i think you should walk away from it because you can't change that movement what they have I think uh, our anchor and our uh, connection should be with Jesus more and uh, our citizenship is not from this world. So co concentrate on that and this um, delusion what they spreading is it's, it's basically a waste of time. That's the bottom line. You can't change it. Hmm. I feel like I'm... I'm jealous at being your age and experiencing this because, I mean, from your perspective, not that you're like ancient, but 
a lot of your life has already happened and you know we're 25 it's like well we had hopes yeah my cousin said he's uh, 70 he said uh, whatever happens happens i'm ripe enough for a coffin so <laughs> in a way in a way nobody wants to uh, die in a way i mean that's what i think nobody wants to i love life and even in this at 63 i don't feel old i don't yeah. see myself 63. can you pull the microphone down just a little oh, bit more? Yeah, there so. we go there we go now we're talking yeah <sighs> so how how long have you been married uh 23 years 22 years yeah did you have any more children no no and has your wife worked uh, yes she was a uh, like a computer aid drafter yeah you know, like, like we worked with the architect her dad was an architect she coming from a family like that and um, that's what she was doing all, all her years until she retired hmm. and you said she married you for your accent uh, that's what she's saying <laughs> <laughs> that's cute <laughs> well um what else should we talk about? In what other ways are you seeing America change? Well, I believe when you morally decaying a country, you let it loose and uh, you promoting something which God put in order to have uh, moral laws. Uh, because you cannot mess with the physical. How do you know if you jump up from the roof, you're going to hurt yourself. Gravity is there. It's, it won't come later. And uh, moral laws you can mess with. And uh, it doesn't have immediate effect. Even if you doing something with that vaccine and um, redesigning uh, DNAs and whatever. Uh, this, this is all um, against my belief. Uh, God designed certain things certain way for certain reason and um, this is again a, a moral slide and um, what this country going through the past 10 years what I see I think we're gonna reap what we sow and uh, we're gonna get far farther away from uh, God design what he wishes for us and we will be not blessed no more yeah do you think, what do you think the main moral decline has been if we take the pandemic situation out? Well, just the main uh, moral. Well, I believe um, the attitude of, of the country as disregarding us since 1962. They basically not allow the prayer in, in schools. When they shut down that, they... they, they removed bible from libraries you couldn't read and totaled uh, unanimously everybody was against you know you know education field against um, any biblical principles i think that started back then and we just see it now the effect is came later because it takes about three generation to uh, perfect a, a direction what is just coming to an effect now it takes um, so many years to have a new generation who totally clueless. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know that I like the idea of a government teaching Christian morals because at any moment it might be Muslim morals. And so I'm, I get nervous about the government teaching any sort of religion in school so I kind of understand why they take it out but I agree that then just saying let loose with basically everything and there is no God and instead of just doing like you know do church at home we still like the morals but just at school we aren't here to necessarily teach you religion maybe things could have gone a little bit better but I don't know there's been a very strong effort in the past couple hundred years to end religion i think christianity being always per, uh, persecuted throughout every 
yeah. uh, era, any any nations, uh, if I recall, that's always under attack. The United States was a, a, a perfect climate as they started the finding fathers, as they designed and, and uh, had a vision for this country. And uh, it was so good for so many years. But of course, when you so good, there is a evil, the darkness has to be a part of that. So I believe uh, as communist planning five years, 10 years and 100 years, uh, is being pre-planned to have a systematic attack on, on uh, the American morals here, which is, um, we see it. It's almost, uh, you're afraid even to talk about saying something against about the LGBTQ and P and other <laughs> letters to it now. It's like, and why I'm afraid even to speak something which is the Bible says is wrong. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's coming to a time when the Bible will be outlawed. You can't have a Bible. They're going to say it's a hate speech. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But what if I called you a conspiracy theorist? Would you change your mind? Well, I always go back to one verification, whatever I'm thinking. If it's biblical, it's in the Bible, then I'm stick with it. <laughs> That's fair. That probably <laughs> won't lead you too far astray, will it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I suppose we could probably wrap up. I don't have a ton more questions. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? No, um, I didn't. I didn't have anything planned. Yeah. Uh, I just basically answered questions, but I enjoy the talk. I'm very interested in what life was like in Hungary, but do you have any more stories you remember from there? Lots of stories. Lots of stories. I have stories about uh, that area in 1962 to 1970 as I was growing up. And uh, my, my, my dad was working as a bridge builder and... Uh, he would go two weeks away and working really hard and my mom my, her, her, by herself basically raising us and managing the household and and do whatever and we just had uh, <laughs> I was thinking about not only the dirt floor but basically we had a sack with hay that was our mattress mm -hmm. and um, just a homemade bed our house is basically a compacted dirt uh, they framed up a little uh, frame which is filled it up with dirt and water and compacted and the whole house built that way. Really? Because material was very, very expensive. So either you, you made a, a clay brick, uh, I mean something which not fired and made like a, 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 a real clay which is right now, but you leave it in a mud state, dries out and use it to build whatever you build with that. Hmm. So that's what we had, very, very poor. Um, I remember uh, the sunflower um, has those uh, hollow, almost uh, stock. We made fans from it. That was our fans. We, we had no uh, wire fans, chain links, no such a thing. I mean, the poverty, if I look back, I have a few pictures, actually, on my phone I can show you back from that era. Um, but again, I, I wasn't aware of it. I was just a kid. Yeah. I had food. I had friends. We ran around. We played. Uh, we didn't have no fear of somebody kidnapping us. Or mm, It's very safe. Yeah, because I, I imagine if you had, if you'd go to prison for two years for ripping a flag, I can only imagine what a real crime might entail. Well, in the little village where I lived, there was no crime. This, this, uh, I don't even remember. The f funniest thing, I was like 11 years old, and my mom got this uh, job in a Baptist uh, vacation camp, and we were going up as a family, and we went to the capital first time. And I asking uh, my mom, what is that? What, what do you mean? The person over there. It's black. I said, yeah, it's a black person. But why? <laughs> so I was running out. I said, can I go there? Yeah, I go there. So this was a uh, tall woman, 
with this uh, colorful big uh, sheets wrapped around them walking uh, in Hungary and I, they didn't speak Hungary so I, I went up there I said can I touch your skin they, they didn't know what I was <laughs> I reached out I started rubbing the skin I said this has to come off it's not me <laughs> that's how clueless I was yeah that's a cute story and I went back to my mom I said I couldn't take off the skin I, it doesn't come off why that's a black person but why it's like, <laughs> I couldn't comprehend that for a long time yeah that's funny <laughs> yeah but yeah g- good good solid families good uh, churches um, I, I, if I I cannot say uh, that's the achievement of communism. The communism was a a uh, force which was met a genuine families who want to have just a peaceful life. So they give that. The the condition was you not talk about certain things, and they let you. It it's better than North Korea. North Korea is terrible. It is. <laughs> it is actually maybe worse than i imagined hell could be really north korea like i is, couldn't have imagined what it is i agree north korea is nothing to do with what i lived through um actually our only country was better than hungary under communism that's east germany east, okay east germany was a little bit better they had better jobs they had cars they had televisions it was more modern because West Germany, East Germany, so they, they had, a, they figured it out better, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. What do you do for fun? Now, oh. mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I seriously, I like to ride motorcycle. I always liked uh, racing. I did drag racing, <laughs> and uh, I just went through a serious surgery this year and um, I was down for a year they took out a five pound tumor from my chest so a what a five pound tumor it's a five pound tumor from your chest yes yes. oh my I have a picture for that I would love to see it (laughs) (laughs) and uh, the doctor here in Boise uh, had I had an eight-hour surgery it it was uh, nothing like that in my life I couldn't even imagine and uh, Last year, uh, December, I had a good heart attack. That's what the doctor said because I didn't know about it. Oh. I just, I just went in. I said, oh, I don't feel good. Ah, oh, sit down. They check. Oh, no, don't move. I said, why? You have a heart attack. I said, no, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. So, okay. Well, they put a little stint in my heart and it was done in 40 minutes. It was super fast. And the doctor said, you know, you have uh, you have, you had a lucky good heart attack. This is everybody should have a heart attack <laughs> like this. There's no damage to nothing. And uh, he showed me the picture. My uh, vein, what was clogged around it already formed other little veins. Mm. So they had a little blood flow. And so yeah, I went through that. And then they re- when they took the CT scan, they saw a giant mass in my chest. And I didn't know why I have a hard time to breathe. I thought just, you know, getting older. They said, no, it's about a football size of a tumor. I oh said, my. there's no way. So when they, uh, they checked it several times and uh, they said, no, that's, that's a, a serious thing. And by the time I got to the surgery table in May, I barely could breathe. I mean, I was totally uh, out. What? Okay. Yep, that's about the size of a football. Yeah, that's... And uh, was that just like sitting on your lungs? Uh, it, it's basically filled every crevices around it and pushed oh on my, my lung and everything. I've used up was it in behind the lungs? Pressing? In the thoracic area, in the... Uh, yeah, in the ca- oh my goodness, Yeah, that's so, horrible. Yeah, and that's my sixth rib they took out and put back of course <laughs> just uh, your sixth rib yeah, yeah, it's, it wow it. Yeah. wow that's a fun experience so that's why i'm here and um 
have time to think and uh, really reset my walk with God, how much time I wasted and spent and and its uh, priorities and this little uh, experience of being on a surgery table and have a heart attack and one year off actually it's a praise for me because it, it's it was a good thing good they say the lord works in mysterious ways right, exactly give you a little tiny heart attack to get you taken care of yeah that's good that's good well i suppose i am out of questions so speak now or forever hold your peace <laughs> Yeah, so um, I love Idaho. Uh, what I saw so far, um, I think it should be kept in an old-fashioned way. Don't progress to the more modern, whatever they bring in other states. I think we should keep the pot out and uh, keep the Republican Party going here and just keep our freedom and hopefully the state leaders stand up and and uh, probably uh, we have a few more years left. I hope so too. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, I could just listen to your stories all the time. I have a really morbid curiosity with communist dictators and those kinds of countries. It drives Jordan nuts. Yeah, but thank you for coming. Thank you for having me.